0: Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Amen. Faith is great confidence in. It is full reliance upon and absolute trust in the nature and the character, the unchanging character of Almighty God. It is believing that God is exactly who Scripture says He is. That He is Almighty. That He is all-knowing. And that he is all present. He is present everywhere at the same time. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Really, really familiar passage to many people. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is also believing that human beings are exactly who Scripture says they are, that they're created in the image of Almighty God. When mankind made Adam and Eve, he made them absolutely perfect and he made them in his own image. But also through stubbornness and rebellion, they disobeyed God and they distorted that beautiful image that they had in Almighty God. And from them... Every human being that has been born, though made in the image of Almighty God, that image is distorted by sin. For scripture says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's in verse 23. Verse 10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. Faith also believes that there is a very real heaven. The almighty God created heaven as the capital city of his kingdom. And every individual, every person that that receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and is born again, that is their eternal dwelling place, is the capital city of God's kingdom. And that one day, At the end of time, that capital city is going to come out of the third heaven and will be upon a recreated earth and that will be our eternal dwelling place. That city that has gates of pearl and streets of gold and where the presence of Almighty God is the light. And that the gates never close. Because there's no fear. There's no sickness. There's no disease. Because sin does not enter there. Amen. A very real heaven. Also, faith believes that there's a very real hell and lake of fire. Now, think about this. The Lord Jesus Christ, the night he was betrayed... Before he was betrayed in the Garden of Eden, he said this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Heaven, our eternal dwelling place. Amen? Amen? But the same Lord Jesus Christ said earlier in his ministry, it's recorded in John chapter five, Father has given me authority. And in the last time, I will raise the righteous to eternal life, but the wicked will be raised to judgment. And the Lord Jesus Christ taught, it's recorded for us in the gospel of Luke, he taught about two very real people One's name was Lazarus. He was a poor man. He lived in poverty. But he was a righteous man. And there was a rich man. And he was not a righteous man. He was a wicked man. He was unjust. He was unmerciful. He was unkind. And both of them died. And Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. The place where the righteous dead went at that time, before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the rich man went to hell. And in hell, that rich man cried out to God and said, God, warn my brothers that they don't come here because I am in torment day and night. See, God created hell for the devil And the fallen angels and demons. He never meant for mankind to go there. Mankind is an eternal being. But God meant for them to live with him eternally. It was only after sin and death entered the world. For as by one man sin entered the world. And death by sin scripture says. Death was never supposed to be a part of the human experience. And certainly hell was never to be a part of the human experience. That came only because of sin. That there's a very real hell. And there's not only a very real hell, but Revelation chapter 20 tells us that there's going to be a very real day at the end of time after the righteous have been, have been resurrected and there in heaven with Jesus Christ. That there's going to be a time when God will set, bring his great white throne into, into earth's atmosphere and he's going to raise people from the dead, from hell, and he's going to, all of the, still living unrighteous will be brought before the great white throne judgment and they will be judged and because they've not been born again because their name is not in the book of life they will be taken from hell and cast into the lake of fire eternally in torment in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and the devil will be there and all the demons will be there and all the fallen angels will be there and the antichrist will be there and the false prophet will be there and they will suffer in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever ever that's very real why because scripture says the wages of sin is death not only physical death but second death in the lake of fire forever and ever faith believes that that's real but faith also believes that god is love and because god is love he does not want one person to go to hell in the lake of fire. But sin is so desperately wicked and horrible that it breaks almighty God's heart and because God is a holy God and a just God, he must punish sin and bring consequence for sin. And yet he doesn't want that. That's not what he wants for Not a single person. And so almighty God. Provided a way to escape sin. And escape hell. And the lake of fire. Now. How did he do that? God provided. A perfect way. It's his divine provision. For you and I. To be delivered from sin. And to be. A citizen of heaven how did he do that? He entered the world in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Conceived of the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary. Living a sinless life. The Lord Jesus Christ is 100% man and 100% God. Well, how can that be? How can God be? Just as Almighty God, the Trinity of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is as real as the chair you're sitting on. More real, because it's eternal. The Lord Jesus Christ, being 100% man and 100% God, is just as real. That's why it says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, For in him bodily dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. Jesus Christ was man but he was also God. That's why scripture calls him the only begotten son of God. Literally in the Greek it is saying, he is the only unique one of his kind. There never has been one like him before, there'll never be one like him after. Isn't that amazing? The Lord Jesus Christ. And he came to earth for one reason. One express purpose. He was on a mission to do one thing. And that is to be the ransom for mankind. That the Lord Jesus Christ, because the wages of sin is death. And because man was held as a slave to sin. And therefore was under the judgment of death. The Lord Jesus Christ came to be the ransom that would pay and deliver us from sin and deliver us from the curse of death. Go ahead, give God a praise. Amen. And how did that happen? When Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, faith believes that when he was hanging on the cross, the scripture means it when it says, God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. So your sin, my sin, the sin of every human being that has ever lived and ever will live, was laid on the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was hanging on the cross, he became sin for us. Amen. Amen. He had been tempted in, in every way that we're tempted. He was tempted in every way that we were tempted, but without sin. But when he was hanging on the cross, he took on that sin. Though so he had never committed sin, he took your sin, my sin, our kids' sins, our grandkids' sins, our uncle's sins, our aunt's sins, our grandparents' sins, our great great grandparents' sins. He took the sins of every person upon himself. And when he died, he paid the wages of sin and when he was buried in the grave our life of sin was buried with him to live no more making it possible for you and I to live free from condemnation and when he walked out of that grave on the third day when he rose from the dead he left sin in the grave to live no more and when he walked out you and I walked out with him so that now we can live in newness of life in Jesus Christ and be born again Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus paid that. We must be born again. Because it doesn't matter how good we live. It doesn't matter how hard we try to keep the Ten Commandments. It doesn't matter how much we try to do right we are a sinner right from birth and because we're a sinner right from birth no matter how many times you try to keep the Ten Commandments no matter how many times you try to do good have you noticed the harder you try to do good it seems like the behinder you get Romans chapter 7 right I've got this thing going on and I don't know how to deal with it. When I know to do right, I seem to do wrong. And the harder I try to do right, the more I seem to do the wrong thing. Come on, amen? That's every human being that's ever been born. And God knew that. And so it's not a matter of trying to be good. That is not what gets you to heaven. There's only one thing that gets you to heaven. You must be born again. That's right. And God made that provision for us so that we can be saved by faith through grace. And that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. None of works lest any man should boast. Almighty God made that divine provision for you and I. See, we must believe it. We must believe it. Do you do you really believe that every person that is born on planet Earth that they are a sinner? See, that's that's the mission. Of every child of God. Every child of God that has been born again and received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Almighty God gives to us the personal responsibility to shine the light of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the earth. Listen to what the apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 15 and then we're going to jump over to chapter 4. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. See, we're all supposed to be a witness and be prepared to give a reason for the hope that's in our heart. But not belligerently. Have you met those Christians that you wish they'd just keep their mouth shut? They seem to come in two forms. They're always talking Jesus, 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 but you can't trust them. They don't have integrity. I wish they'd keep their mouth shut. And then there are those Christians that they don't live a bad life, but when they share Jesus... They want to tell you that you're going to hell and they seem to be glad about it. Have you you met people like that? And I go, that doesn't shine light. That just makes people want to punch you in the mouth. You know? And, And that's why he says here, be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in your heart, but do it with meekness. Do it with humility and love and kindness and with, and with reverence. Honor that person. Amen. Maybe they live like the devil. Maybe they are a homosexual or a lesbian. Maybe they, maybe they don't know how to speak truth. And every other word they speak, you know, you know, when they're lying, their mouth is moving. And, and, you know, maybe they're like that, but still they're made in the image of God. And though sin is destroying them and distorting the image of God in their life, Jesus died for them and God loves them and he wants you to love them too. Come on, amen? Do you really believe that? Do you believe God wants you to love the worst of sinners? I, I am greatly concerned that the church has lost its love for the lost and so we don't follow what Jesus said. Listen to how he said it in chapter 4. This is this is very interesting because after he's talked about we've got to give a reason for the hope, then he tells us that we we are stewards of God's grace. Is that amazing? Yes. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. did you ever do that no we won't go there ask each one who has as each one has received a gift minister to another listen as good stewards of the manifold grace of God have you ever thought about you're supposed to be a steward of God's grace you may be the only source of God's grace in a person's life ever and he goes on to say, minister that grace to everywhere you go. Share your gift with everywhere you go. And see, because God means for us to be light in the dark world. And, and you may be the only light in the, in the workplace where you're at. You may be the only light that ever shines in those people's life of darkness. You may be the only source of grace that will ever step into their life. And Almighty God wants you to take it. That's why Jesus said this in his Sermon on the Mount. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its flavor, it's good for nothing but to be cast out and trampled under the feet of men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candle stand that it may light everyone who's in the house. So we have to ask ourselves a question. How's my light shining? Do I keep it well hidden? Am I incognito for almighty God? Am, am I a secret agent for the Lord Jesus Christ that I make sure nobody knows it? What kind of flavor do I bring to the workplace? What kind of flavor do I bring to the store when I go shopping? What kind of flavor do I give to the clerk that helps me and waits on me? Do they, do, do they see Jesus and do they taste God's mercy and grace for my life? Or do they taste my sourness like I'm a child of God and I've been baptized in vinegar? <laughs> You know, what, do they, what do they taste in my life? See, Jesus means for that. Every one of us has been given the personal responsibility to be salt and light in our world. And if there's ever been a time, see, I, I truly believe with all my heart that we are living in the greatest opportunity right now since the Jesus people movement. To be salt and light in this world. I believe people are wanting to know. I don't think they want to know much about religion. But I think they want to know that Jesus Christ is real. And that God's love and mercy and grace is real. I believe they want to know that. And said, Where are they going to turn? They've tried every last thing under the sun. They have tried every kind of moral impurity that they can think of. They they have tried alcohol. They've tried drugs. They've tried opiates. Nothing heals them. Nothing heals the pain in their life. And it doesn't matter if they they drive the most expensive Mercedes that you can get and they live in a $500,000 house or if they live under the Burnside Bridge. All, all spasms or chasms, rather, of our spectrums, of our culture, has tried everything and nothing has brought them hope. Except what you have. You have it. And that's the mission of every child of God. We have this mission. Would, would you read this together with me, please? Go ahead and go to the next slide for me. Oops, I'm sorry. Go go next. I already talked about that. There we go. Keep going. I got two of those. How did we get two of those? We got three of those. No, I, didn't. I, I know I didn't make that many. Is it stuck? It got stuck. Try one more time. This is not the projectionist's fault. There's something... There we go. We got it. I maybe really did put three of those in there and didn't know it. Obviously I did, huh? Sorry, that was not the projectionist's fault. That was my fault. Please forgive me, okay? You missed your opportunity. Please forgive me. Thank you. Okay, here we are. Would you read this with me now? Okay. All right, everyone together. As a child of God, the mission of our life is to plunder hell and populate heaven. Amen. That's our mission. Every one of us, that's our mission. How do we do that? By shining our light and being salt. Take the flavor of of God's love, mercy, and grace to work with you tomorrow. Take the light of Jesus Christ with you tomorrow. Dear ones, listen, truly, truly, there is no other way for them to know. They're not gonna know. I know some of you may say, well, Jesus will reveal himself to them. He'll show them. And I know he's doing that in marvelous ways. But I want you to notice. It is extremely, extremely rare in this culture for for us to hear that Jesus Christ physically revealed himself to someone. Now, I've personally met someone like that one time in 48 years of ministry. Actually, I'm in my 49th year of ministry. That's a scary thought. To, to, to share the light of Jesus Christ. We must shine that light. We must shine that light. God, That's God's plan. That's his divine plan that he laid out from the very beginning of time. But Satan hates us sharing our light, And he's doing everything he can to stop us from advancing. Our mission and our vision at Living Faith Church, you've heard me say it time and again. You've seen it in writing, but we're going to say it again this morning. Our vision and our mission at Living Faith Church, what is it? To win a city. To be a life-giving church where faith becomes Reality. To win a city. That's our mission. We want to win as many people from hell and get them to heaven as possible. Come on, amen? Amen. We want to win this city to Jesus Christ. And to do that, we must be a life-giving church where faith becomes reality. We've got to live it real. Amen? That's why I love it every time people share answers to prayer and miracles. How God has touched them and healed them. How God has given them a miracle. Because that shines the light of Jesus Christ. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.